Uh, I'm really trying to stay away from saying what's up, everybody, because I realize I sound like Dana White every time he posts a video on social media. I just don't know how to start off this show in any other way, though. Until then, this is episode five. Today, I have a very good friend of mine. We're going to be talking about his personal interests, all his talents, the things that he likes to do. But he's also going to be talking about a diagnosis that changed his life and how he's not letting it affect how he treats his day to day and doing the things that he loves. So here we go. What's up, man? How you doing? Yeah, taking one day at a time, man. How you been over there? How are the kids? Uh, man, the kids are growing. They're uh, wild. But, you know, that's what keeps me alive, right? Yeah, man, it's interesting to see kids grow up. Um, Considering how far back we go, you know, we've known each other for a long time. So it's crazy to think about how, yeah, now I'm on my end of things, you know, doing the whole family thing and raising kids. And it's it's pretty funny how far we've come along, but they're keeping me entertained and they're teaching me stuff on the daily. So, yeah. But what about you, man? Tell me a little bit about what you have going on. Oh, uh, man keeping busy as possible like i'm still doing like photos but not like as much as i want to do unfortunately i still do like pretty much like photo gigs for like landscape uh, car dealerships food photography still doing like product stuff but i'm slowly getting back into the focus like doing my own personal stuff and it's been like my main like therapy yeah and i know you've been doing that for such a long time and for those who don't know, and in, uh, in the caption for the little preview I put up on Instagram, for those who don't know, uh, DJ was the photographer for Premium Goods for a long time. So you were doing the photography for them, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. Hey, it's been like since six, seven years almost. Yeah. So premium goods has blown up so much. I still remember when you told me about premium goods. I think this is way before you even started working there. You used to wear those, the Houston new eras. And I, I asked you where you got them and you told me about it. And, um, you know, eventually you ended up working there yourself and doing their photography. So, you know, th that shop is blown up. If you're from Houston and you're into the shoes or into the you know the urban wear and stuff like that then you know who premium goods is and what the store's about so you know this guy was doing the photography for him for a long time and um you not only did that but you did a bunch of other stuff as well and just recently you're i found out that you're working at a bicycle shop too yeah as a side job like ham cycles it's good people's like it's a fast turnaround we're pretty much all goofs so you're getting bikes bike parts bike maintenance and free entertainment how long have you been riding bikes i know you've been riding bikes since before i even met you but you used to like doing like you know riding bmx bikes right yeah i think i was riding bmx when i was like 15 16 16 years old then shit i'm 40 now so it's been like off and off like bmx now since we're coming up that age. We can't bounce back like you used to. So now I'm just mostly like fixed gear riding. Yeah. You basically did all the cool stuff that I never got to pick up on. Or not that I never got to pick up on. I just sucked at it. Uh, you know, hey. you do the BMX riding, skateboarding. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I, I know, man, between the bike riding and the the skateboarding and the photography, 
um, you've just always had that spirit, man, of just going out and doing fun stuff. How how is it that you just woke up, you know, to get and have that energy to go out and do all these things? And 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 you know, I get it that, that for a lot of people it's a passion, and you know, sometimes it's an easy explanation, just like saying, "Oh, well, I love it, so I just do it." But considering we're from Houston and being out in this heat and humidity your whole life. Uh, after a while of doing exercise outside, I can just only go for a few days, but it's, it's cool that, you know, you always did that stuff. Um, I remember you taking me out a few times out to Herman park to try to teach me a few tricks on BMX bikes. And of course I, I didn't pick up on it. I just, that's not my thing, but uh, I tried it out. How is it that you, you know, you did all those things, man. What, where did, like, where did you get the motivation from? Who did you get the inspiration from? I want to say it's from like old BMX riders from like Matt Hoffman, old school like Robbie Morales, uh, Mike Escamillo, Rooftop, just like BMX riders and basically a lot of like track riders from like surprise, like a little bit of Lance Armstrong, just them just seeing like their drive, like basically like inspired me to like just keep going no matter like what kind of like hurdles, detours. If it makes you happy, no matter what, just do your best to keep at it and stay focused. Did you ever set yourself any goals? Did you ever think, oh, man, I want to do this professionally at any point? I think when I got really focused on photography, like I looked at a lot of really good photographers, like another Houston local, Greg Norrie, just seeing him capture some of these sickest concert photos that made everything like mind-boggling like how in the absolute world you come up with this also with like another uh instagram uh uh created i found recently also another houston local chanel purple her concert photography is amazing itself it's just surprisingly like a lot of houston locals they inspired me to do stuff i never thought i would actually make it attempts nor thought of doing yeah. You know, I had uh, Mike earlier on and he also does photography and he mentioned that you were one of the people that inspired him. And I've come to learn that, uh, you know, just photography is such a massive network and it's pretty cool to see the community of photographers just motivating and inspiring each other and, you know, picking up as an artist. That's what you do, right? You pick up bits and pieces from people that you look up to. But not only that, if you ever get a chance to meet these people, you guys seem like you're very collaborative and are actually up for teaching each other and learning from each other, which I find that's super cool because, you you know, there's not that many things that I can think of off the top of my head where people are like, oh, yeah, I'm willing to help you out. When it comes to stuff like that, sometimes you see a lot of competitiveness and not everybody's as open to it, but back when I met you and we used to go to a lot of car meets and stuff like that, even at that time, there was, I don't know if there was as many photographers as there are now, but the few photographers that did go out to these car meets and the car shows and stuff like that were always people that were learning and teaching others at the same time. How do you feel about the process of teaching people when people do come up to you and say, Hey, I like your work. What's your approach to helping them out? Usually, like it's, I'm still like in awe when people say like, "Oh, you inspired me to grab a camera." I was like, "You, you sure?" But okay, cool. But with yeah. just 
like randomly like coming up as for like pointers like i see that it's, that's just like low-key like a blessing like that actually see me doing work inspiring them i have no problems just like giving like small tidbits like telling them like you don't need to have like a high-end camera you can have like a like a simple point shoot polaroid yeah or most phones now have like really good like camera abilities just start shooting whatever catches your eye and just go from there freestyle your butt off until you find your own groove I, you know that, that it's cool you mentioned that there's um so many things that i can think about where people i've heard people say stories and even myself but people just a lot of times use excuses because they say things like whatever it is that I'm trying to do, I don't have the equipment or I don't have the money or I don't have the time. And in reality, we can make the time. We don't need the best equipment and we don't need to have a lot of money. If you really are curious about starting anything, sometimes what you need the most, not, not sometimes, I think all the times what you need the most is just to drive, just do it. And you know, if we start looking too much into, oh, yeah, my my equipment isn't the best or so-and-so has better stuff than I do. And, you know, it can really bring you down. It, it, it That's probably, you know, the best advice that I can think of what you just mentioned is just do it. When it comes to, when it comes to the photography, at least, hey, you know, you don't have to have the best camera, right? You can use, you know, whatever you have access to and do that. And, you know, that's so relatable in any in a lot of other things, just thinking about the resources that we currently have. You don't have to have the best of anything. Just work with what you have already. Exactly. Uh, what um, what uh, what what else are you doing other than that? I know you. So you're working at Ham Cycles and I know that you've always had a, a love for bikes. You you're you've always been pretty good at balancing out all the things that you do and somehow mixing them all together. And just an example, you've been passionate about working on your car for such a long time. Again, we, we come from a time where we were really big into the import scene in the early 2000s. Uh, and you mix your photography with the, showing off the love of your car, right? Um, yeah. Do you find that to be a, a you know very big perk in just mixing up all the things that you love and being able to combine them all together? Yeah, I feel it is a good perk. It's just building a car. It just reminds you just to be patient. Like there's always an answer to like something you're trying to question in like your head or finding like the smallest detail that makes something a simple fix instead of like want to toss a millimeter wrench across the garage because you can't find this one bolt. It's just adapting and just working with what you got especially like with cars once again just keep it consistent don't give up you might rage quit every now and then but still keep at it yeah you want to hear something funny i i used to be so and i still am i i admire cars i like reading about cars i like looking at pictures of cars but i used to like messing with cars and at some point i kind of gave up on that i i don't know what i don't know I, what exact point in my life I decided, eh, it's just not my thing anymore. But I remember I used to love washing and detailing my car to get it ready to go out to car meets or just to keep it clean. I used to love keeping my car clean. And as I've gotten older, it's become one of my least favorite things to do. Like 
I just drive my truck through the drive-through car wash. I may vacuum it, you know, may put some tire shine on there, but it, it's funny to think, man, I used to spend hours detailing my cars every weekend. And, and now it's like an afterthought. Now I'm just happy if there's, uh, you know, no toys in my truck, but the, you know, things just change right over, over the course of time, everybody's hobbies, everybody's interests, everybody's um, just so many things change, but you know, in, in cases like yours, you've always remained very consistent and, you know, relating it to the car thing, whenever it comes to fixing up cars, modif modi uh, modifying cars, you're always going to run into some sort of issue. And I've, yeah. as long as I've known you, you tend to like not give up on stuff. You continue to do these things. And when it comes to fixing up your car, not only doing things, but expensive things, it's almost like, do you ever, do you ever feel like, man, this is just a money pit. I'm just going to get a regular car to get me from A to B or, you know, why is it that you have that insane love for your vehicle? And not only that, but the other things that you do too. Basically it's, it's therapy, like overly expensive therapy, but it's something to keep anyone planted, just have, one thing to like look into like okay this i have this one piece but if i add this little deal it may make it a little bit better but so forth and so forth after a while like man i need a car because driving the car now is a pain in the neck especially in houston summers right but things like that too man that once you get once you become dedicated to one thing and you become good at that one thing it also helps you in so many other areas of your life. That discipline teaches you so much. So if you're disciplined in work, uh, working on your car, or if you're disciplined in photography, whatever the, whatever the case is, it teaches you discipline in so many other areas of your life. And it builds a, a concrete foundation for, you know, your future and your friend's future and your family's future. So whenever things come up that may get difficult, you still have that foundation and that, and that mentality of, I got to keep on going. Yeah. Um, what, um, what would you say is something else that you would like to try that you've never tried before that you might be looking to? I have no idea why, but for like the past two, three years, I've been wanting to build a motorcycle. I have no idea why. Uh -huh. Like living in Houston for so long, seeing all these bike accidents and just careless drivers, I see it. But at the same time, I still like, hey, I still want to build like a cafe racer or a nice bobber. I might not drive it on the freeway, but still, I might drive it on side roads. But yeah, that's something I may have to do probably like when I have that that money wait to like just total wait money. Yeah, but until then, I'm just gonna wait. Do it, man! I can't wait to see that project. Um, I've, my brother's into motorcycles and he has a few friends that are into motorcycles for the longest time. He was trying to convince me to get a bike so we could ride together. And I've had, you know, I used to ride dirt bikes when we had dirt bikes for a while. But other than that, I just had a very bad experience when I was like 18 years old, falling off of a buddy of mine's bike and causing a lot of damage to it. And he wasn't upset, thankfully, but just something I never decided to pick up on, man. Um, but seeing 
seeing uh, how passionate people are about even building motorcycles is crazy too. It's um, I mean, it's the same thing as building a vehicle, right? You you find a point of interest and then you decide, hey, I got to go all in because it's not a project that you can just say, oh yeah. And sometimes it may start off as something as small as saying, oh, I'm going to do this one thing. But then that one thing leads to another and then on to another. And for anybody that's a car guy or a motorcycle guy or any type of project that involves work we it all know brain, basically. Oh, man. it never ends it never ends you're never you're never satisfied uh you know and once you finish one project you feel oh maybe it's time for another one now um which is it's again it's awesome because those are the types of things that keep you um, alive. Those are the types of things that just keep you wanting to wake up and saying, Hey, I have something to look forward to, which for other people, you know, like every time you tell me about something you've got going on with your car and what your next, your next part of your project is, I'm like, all I can think about is, Oh man, I just want to drive. Like I, I do not have that type of patience anymore, man. Not for vehicles at least. But, I'm glad you don't cause you have a lot of money saved. Yeah. One thing I did pick up on a few years ago when I moved and I was living near East downtown uh, in the East end area was uh, bike riding. I, I picked up on, on riding and I was riding, man, three, five times a week. Um, you know, like, like anybody that's ever picked up a bike for the first time since they were a child, it's, it's so hard. Um, I remember the first time I rode, I was dying after a mile and slowly I picked up to two, three miles, then five miles. And then I was averaging about 15 to 20 miles every time I picked, you know, I got on my bike. Yeah. And it just, I just remember that being therapy for me and not only therapy, but it was such good exercise. And we rode together a couple of times and, um, you know, it's something that, again, it, it takes a lot of discipline, but when it's something fun, it's it comes organically, right? Yeah. I know I know that you had a diagnosis a few years ago and something that you opened up to, you know, just close people at first and then you kind of opened up a lot uh, about it more over the years. But I've always found it interesting and it's, man, I don't even know how to put it into words. It's just uh, very inspiring that even after your diagnosis, you still haven't given up on the things that you do. Um, I know that there's been times where we've supposed to, you know, we've made plans to go out and get lunch or maybe do something. And then, you know, plans change uh, because it's just not a good day for you. Uh, if you want to talk a little bit more about that, man, I'll let you share your story um, and how that's affected your life, but how you you haven't let that hold you back. Oh, yeah. Um, pretty much uh, I was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis or MS for sure. Back in I think I was, yeah, I was 21. Like, I didn't think much of it because at first I thought, okay, cool. It's just another pinch nerve. I'll be fine later. Then pretty much they just accelerated like highly. I tried. I was working at Journeys at the time. I think I'll be fine. Out of nowhere, I woke up, tried to work. Like I could barely move like my right leg and right arm, but still I was 
stubborn and I never liked to ask for help. So I still walked around at journeys, getting shoes for customers with dragging like my foot and my arm. Like, Oh, I'm totally fine. I'll be good. Like I didn't like to talk to, uh, talk to people about that, but like over time, like I saw it more of a benefit because only like I, my whole group of like friends, I think only like two of them knew of the illness. So that low key, oh man, high key inspired me to just talk more about it. Just like tell people about like my experiences with it. Just it turned my life like upside down, so to speak. Like I could, I was always like an outdoors kid. I was always active. I enjoy going to like live concerts. It pretty much like turned all of that around. Like I couldn't really go to like functions, like loud multiple loud noises give me like the craziest anxiety attacks. I couldn't like bike as much in the summer because the heat takes a toll on you. And just a lot of the illness alone, the prescriptions, they do more damage than good. So you have to almost just find like your own like self-diagnosis on find like what actually works with your diet, intake, what to eat, what not to eat, so forth and so forth. It's pretty much a, a, an ongoing like learning process. So I want to say, man, it's been almost 20 years still going. It's been an interesting ride, so to speak, but I'm still rolling with it. Yeah. And, you know, you know, what's crazy is that you didn't tell Well, I didn't know until years after that. And the one thing that came to mind initially was how is it that for somebody with such a serious illness is still able to maintain a positive attitude? Because for anybody that knows you, I think we can all agree that you're like one of the nicest people that anybody could ever meet. You, you never have a bad attitude about things. You, you're always been, you've always been giving, you've always been the type of friend to, you know, just go along with conversation and not, you've never been a downer. I mean, you, the fact that you kept that to yourself for so long is insane to me. Um, you know, it, you, you kept it to yourself for so long. And then when you finally did come out, um, you know, to more people with the news, it was shocking, not only because, you know, it's it's it was very big news, but also because, again, nobody would have ever guessed. If you would have never mentioned anything, a lot of people would never know what you're going through. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, you were able to maintain your composure and, you know, put yourself out there as your normal self and continue about your business as if nothing is wrong. It's, it's so cool, man, to see, and it's hard to grasp. And you, I don't think anybody could ever understand what it's like to be like that unless you're actually going through it. But uh, I, I do, I, I did, I do want to tell you that, man, I admire you for, uh, for, for doing that and for being the type of person that you are not, you know, not making other people, pay the price for the things that you go through because I think sometimes it's super easy to get angry and you you know you do meet people that kind of you know understandably just um lash out sometimes or you know kind of show the attitude of what's going on or express that pain and again understandably so 
but you're not one of those people. And um, it's, it's something very admirable. It's um, it, it's a trait that I hope you never lose my friend. Um, no. <laughs> you're, you're one of the, you're one of my favorite people to talk to, you know, obviously now our main form of communication is texting. Um, you know, we text regularly. Um, we don't hang out like we used to, but, um, again, man, you're, you're that person that's always there to respond to a text or, or yeah. have some conversation with man. Um, at what point, you know, at some point when you finally decided to start opening up a little bit about it more, um, did you feel as if, you know what, um, I was dealt this card and, 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 and it's something that I just have to, to learn to live with. Did you feel like, um, coming out and uh, opening up a little bit more was, was going to help some other people out too, because I know it has, but was that something that you even thought was going to happen to? Honestly, I was not expecting to like open up fully because, um, in the beginning, I never liked to lash out of people. I never put like throw my anger out at somebody that didn't deserve it. Right. So I just suppress all those feelings like heavy drinking, other sorts, like whatever somebody like annoyed me or something pissed me off. I never wanted to like lash out and just show an ugly side that nobody deserved to see. So just like alcohol, alcohol, so suppress it, especially with. I never liked being like center of attention. I never felt comfortable a lot in random places. So answer was always okay. Drink, just numb yourself. So I guess I, yeah, pretty much I got tired of all of it. So I just went completely sober. And since I didn't really require alcohol or any kind of substance, like make me feel comfortable that randomly like made me feel more open to talk about like the illness of what I've been going through on the whole deal. And want to say like making other people that were newly diagnosed about my issues and how I handle it just to make them not feel like so helpless or so alone. And it's just been like an ongoing deal that way. It's been a lot more helpful so that's been like the the best thing so far and saving a lot of money at bars. Right. Well, I, I think it's great, man. I think it is great that you, you found a place of peace and how to deal, you know, with the, with the illness and not only that, but yeah, coming out is a huge motivation and inspiration to others too. I, have another friend that you might have met a long time ago. You know, he was also somebody that I, I came up with from the car scene and he was diagnosed with something completely different. And I won't mention his name, but he was a close friend of mine for a few years and he was diagnosed with diagnosed with another serious illness. And, um, he, you know, his attitude changed and he was, um, man, it was just crazy to see a, a, a total attitude change and he would kind of push people away. And again, when anybody is diagnosed with anything, I mean, you can't blame anybody for feeling like the world is just falling on the man. Uh, I remember so many of his friends, uh, including myself, 
were so concerned, but he wouldn't even let people get close to him. He, he preferred for people to stay away. And, um, you know, sadly, the last memories I have of him were always negative confrontations. And, you know, he was, he, he just, he was, a he was a upset and he showed it and, um, you know, he's no longer with us, but on, on the other hand, you have, you know, you have people like you, man, that, um, it, it, it does build up a lot of, um, um, emotions and, you know, it, it's very brave of you for that to come out, but besides the bravery aspect of it, uh, I, I think you're also doing right by so many other people that have been diagnosed with the same illness, because you've give you're giving those people hope that you can still continue to do the things that you love, and you know you don't have to let it hold you back. Even though there are the days where, you know, they're just horrible days that nobody else can imagine what what it's like to go through, but you you got to do your best. And uh, again, man, I just appreciate that you've always kept a smile on your face, regardless of your circumstances, man. Um, you know, is there, uh, is, 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 there, is there anything you'd like to say to, to the listeners in regards to, you know, anybody that's probably afraid of something or hiding something or has that one thing that they feel is holding them back? Um, what would you say is, is the best thing to start doing for themselves before they start doing anything else? Um, basically, I just wanted to tell people, just, if something is on your head, something you want to do, make that attempt. Like, don't just have like that what if moment in your head, like five years later, if you didn't do it, because that could like eat people's souls. Don't hesitate to like talk to somebody, especially the smallest detail or the biggest thing you always have like deep in the back of your head or something you're scared to see a reaction that's going to bug the sin out of you later on. So hold nothing back, hide nothing. Just talk to people, especially if it's something like this, like deeply rooted. Don't hesitate. Like don't have something that's just going to be buried away. Then like explode on you like a couple years later, be honest, hold nothing back, text people, Anybody, if they haven't talked to them in a while, send them a message, give them a notification. Maybe just don't be shy to hold up to people, especially when they deeply care for you and vice versa. For sure. For sure. No regrets. Do you have that tattooed on you? I thought about it, but not yet. <laughs> but I'll probably do something silly again. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, well, hey, man, thanks for the call. Uh Thank you for sharing your story. Also, uh, hey, we'll see. We, we, we got to make some time, man, and 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 uh, hang out. Um, other than that, just go out. What? Go ahead. We definitely got to prep around the fall, not not in this summer, because I think it's gonna be like hundred degrees till like February. Oh man, that's what it's felt like for like two weeks almost. It's crazy. It's not even summer yet either. <laughs> I know. Uh, other than that, man, enjoy your June twenty seventh. Rest in peace, Big Pokey. Man, likewise, man. <laughs> All right, man. We'll be in touch. Be safe, bro. Love you. All right. Love you too, man. Take it easy.